Well, hey, this is Joey Furjanic, lead pastor of the Block Church. I want to thank you for joining us today. It's an honor to share this time together with you. We hope this message will touch, impact, and transform your life and help take us one step further on our journey to revive every block. Hey, church! I just want to welcome all of our locations and people watching online. My name's Maverick, and I'm the lead pastor of all the locations of the Bark Church. So, am I out of a job? Yeah, you're going to um, go to Espanol to be a pastor. <laughs> wow. Okay, please come here. Okay, thank you. Uh, Maverick, other than taking my job, why are you up here and why is your bike up here? Um, when I was trying to run my bike, I fell down a lot of times and I feel like I wanted to give up, but I didn't give up because I tried my best now and... Um, and now you can ride your bike? Yeah, now I can ride my That's bike great. with my friends. So he, won't, he will not let me touch him. So if he's going out of the frame, that's his fault. Come a little closer. Okay. All right. Uh, Maverick, we learned two lessons riding our bike, right? I mean, I wouldn't let you quit. So we learned, number one, to what? Never? Up to never give up. And then what's number two? Keep showing up. Keep showing up. That's great. And, and really, that's the title of our sermon today. We're titling our message, Keep Showing Up. Look at somebody next to you and tell them, keep showing up, no matter what. Keep showing up. Now, Maverick, do you want to prove to the people what it looks like to keep showing up? Uh, roll the video. <laughs> Wow, great job, Maverick! Dad, why is that so dramatic? <laughs> the music? Well, we're dramatic people here. Okay, Mav, uh, is there a scripture we can stand on so we keep showing up? Philippians 4.13, you can do anything through Christ that gives you strength. Great job, buddy. Hey, can we give it up for Maverick one more time? Thank you! Okay, God bless you. See you later. Okay. Go. <laughs> okay. Well, we welcome everybody again. Uh, my name is Joey. For now, I am the lead pastor. And, uh, but uh, yeah, we, uh, we, we're finishing four weeks. We called it No Series November. And we're just hearing what God is saying to us each week and uh, disconnected, not standalone messages. And it's the final week. And we're excited next week, we're jumping into a series called Christmas and Communion. We'll be receiving communion every week. Uh, we'll be focusing on the Christmas story. It's gonna be really powerful. But today, uh, I'm gonna go to a classic Sunday school story. A classic Sunday school story. Let me give you a little context for it. 
Uh, we're talking Joshua chapter six, walls of Jericho falling down. And basically here's what's happening here. Jericho was shut down, uh, but it was a necessary pathway to conquer before the people of Israel could enter the promised land. They had to begin with this win before they entered, of course, to fight a bunch of other battles. But if they had any chance at acquiring or possessing the land that God promised them, they had to beat. Uh, they had to acquire this victory. Uh, it's important for you to remember that previous generations of the Israelites, they stayed in the wilderness for 40 years. They're wandering. They're not accomplishing uh, anything. They're grumbling. They're complaining. They're seeing God's provision, but they're not meeting their potential. Uh, and, and so at some point, Joshua goes, all right, I, I, I've had enough and we are going to enter and possess what God's promised us. I think it's uh, important for everybody to remember and understand that our meeting our potential is connected always to our faith. And a lot of us, we walk in a form of provision from God, partial provision, but we don't meet our spiritual potential. And what God asks them to do is to keep showing up in a very odd way and God will give them the victory. And that's where I wanna pick up chapter six, verse two. The Bible says, but the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king, and all its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times with the priests blowing the horns. When you hear the priests give one long blast on the ram's horns, have all the people shout as loud as they can. Then, somebody say then. Then the walls of the town will collapse and the people can charge straight into the town. You should know that, and it's important, that once they shout, they then go in to fight. But this is a pivotal moment in the story of the people of Israel. I think it's important to remember that science catches up with the Bible. Science can tell us how walls fall, but they can't tell us why walls fall. And what I mean by that is, is only the Bible, only the Bible can show us the formula for miracles, signs and wonders in a partnership with God's people. My hypothesis today is that these people kept showing up and because of that, they experienced victory. Friends, so much of your victory in your life, in your spiritual life, in your journey, so much of it is connected to your faith. Your victory will be unexplainable in practical terms, only possible in God methods. And what I mean by that is too many of us are actually too practical in their faith. I think it's healthy to be practical. I think it's wise to budget. 
I think it's great to think, to process, to plan. All of that is good. All of that is God. All of that is spiritual. But too many of us are way too practical and not enough radical. If you really want to see walls fall down in your life, victory over things you've struggled with, unprecedented victory, unprecedented provision, things that you never dreamed possible. You have to keep showing up in the spiritual sense. And a lot of times this will be connected to God asking you to do things that do not make sense. It is out of the norm. It is out of something practical. And God asks the Israelites to march around a town and do nothing but march and do it every day for six days. You, you have to understand the context of the people of Israel. You have to understand, you have to understand Joshua's leadership because Joshua has a vision, right? He gets, Moses goes and he passes and the people of Israel have now seen generations die off. They've seen generations of people who were just outside of, just on the edges of the promised land, just on the, they could see what God promised them and chose because of a lack of faith, because they were way too practical, because there were big people and giants, because there were battles to fight, because it just seemed too difficult. They chose to not meet their potential and to stay on the edges of God's provision. Wouldn't that be a shame? If you got to the end of your life and you're like, man, like I saw the goodness of the Lord and other people, I saw God do things for others. I saw what could have been in my life, but I just didn't exert enough faith. Wouldn't that be a shame? Like I just didn't pray bold enough prayers. I just didn't keep showing up to church. I chose to allow hurt to keep me from healing. I chose these things to keep me from God's best in my life. Like I stood on the edge. I knew what could have been, but because I was too practical, not radical enough, because I lacked the proper and necessary faith, I just didn't possess all God promised me. It'd be a shame to live on basic provision, but not abundant provision. It'd be a shame to live on, oh, kind of blessed, because I'm like God's kid, but not fully blessed where I bring heaven to earth and I see miracle signs and wonders in my life. Like, I don't want to get to the end of my life and be like, man, like, oh, I wish I would have just took a bigger risk. I wish I would have led the people to the promised land. Like, I wish that I would have just had a little more faith. Like, I wish I wasn't so practical. Like, I, I don't want to get to the end of my ministry and go, man, I left a little bit on the field. And Joshua, he's kind of like, I've seen my leader whom I loved. I've seen our community who I love. I've seen us have the promises of God. I've seen us cross seas. I've seen clouds and fire in the sky. I've seen manna and quail and things fall. Like I've seen all this stuff. Like if God really could do all that, why can't he give us what he told us he's giving us? 
That's unfortunate. But Joshua said, enough is enough. I'm going to march and march and do exactly what God says because I will not let my generation die and miss its potential. Some of you need to have a little bit of that spiritual swagger and moxie where you say, I am not going to allow my family to miss out on all God has for us. I am not going to allow my marriage to miss out on all God has for us. I am not going to allow my career to miss what all God has for me. I'm not going to allow my spiritual journey, my prayer life. You go on and on. You got to make a decision. Are you going to march? Are you going to keep showing up? Are you going to say, man, practically, this don't work? Because practically, it never will. See, God's method of warfare is one that makes absolutely no sense according to military or earthly intelligence. Being faithful to God, walking in your potential requires total dependence on God. It required great faith from Joshua and from the elders, and it will require great faith from you also. Some of you are like, God, I don't ever see anything change in my life. Well, you got to keep marching to the beat of God's drum. God, I don't see my marriage getting any better. You have to keep praying. You have to keep investing in this marriage. God, I don't see my kids growing. They're behind. Well, you have to keep disciplining. You have to keep working. You have to keep going. God, I don't see my friends coming to you. Well, you have to keep inviting. You have to keep fasting and praying. I don't see my children leaving their prodigal lifestyle. You got to keep praying. You got to keep believing. You got to keep loving. You got to keep welcoming. God, I don't see this habitual sin in my life transforming. Where are you? You got to keep showing up. God, I don't see my anxiety or my depression fleeing. Well, you got to keep worshiping until you experience breakthrough. God, I don't see a community forming for me. Well, you got to keep introducing yourself and putting yourself out there. You got to sign up to be a greeter and stand and smile and shake everybody's hand until you are tired of smiling. <laughs> God, I can't meet anybody. Go stand. I want to date. I want to marry a godly person. Go stand at that door and greet and shake everybody's hand until you connect eyes, until they roll their eyes. You pick them up and roll them right back. It's a dad joke. God, I don't see my health improving. I keep coming to the altar. Yes, but you keep eating horribly. See, the Israelites were completely exposed as they marched. Okay? And what that meant is, is that the people of Jericho could have, they could have stood on the wall and they could have shot arrows. They could attack them. God didn't say, march around, pick up your weapon, fight. God said, march and trust me. They were vulnerable because God was trying to teach them something important, partnership. If you ask God for victory and healing, but you keep doing the same things over and over again and expect different results, not only is that insanity, it's disrespectful. And then what happens is we create hurt. We get hurt. We create this narrative. Oh, God doesn't care about me and God do everything for everybody else. Or maybe God's not real and all these different things. But like, you got to stop eating Doritos. <laughs> right? Like, like, 
I, I, was I was talking to this gentleman after one of the services and I said, man, you look great. He said, well, I stopped eating Big Macs at midnight. I started working out. Well, look at that. Not everything's black and white. Not everything's cut and dry. But God desires for us to partner with him, which is exactly the purpose of this story. And it makes you vulnerable. The Israelites were exposed. You have to be vulnerable for God to truly use you. Some are like, oh, I can't make any friends. Well, the problem, the root is that you got to get to the root of it. I, I'm not doing well in relationships. Well, it's possible you have hurt from other relationships or other parent wounds that you haven't dealt with. And so when a relationship starts to get real, you put a wall up to protect yourself and then you turn people away. But the reality is you never dealt with the root. Man, I keep struggling. I keep getting in debt. I keep doing the same stupid things that I used to do. I was free for a little while, but I went backwards. You never dealt with the roots. Why are you trying to keep up with everybody? And so partnership is, is okay, God, I'm going to keep showing up even when I feel like I don't need to. I know this is true for many people who are in recovery. It don't matter if you're 20 years down the road, you can't stop going to meetings. You can't stop having accountability. Yes, you're a new creation in Christ. You are free in the spirit. You are free indeed. But there are some things about some generational iniquities and some bondage that you keep fighting to say, I am not letting the enemy get a foothold. And so I make myself vulnerable and I say, you know what? I'm going to keep doing this as long as I live so that I can give my best to God and God can have his best for me. You keep showing up. You make yourself vulnerable. You're honest. You talk about it. I love what 1 Corinthians 1.27 says. Paul writes this. He says, instead, God chose things, 1 Corinthians 1.27, instead, God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. In other words, in other words, sometimes God asks us to do things. Sometimes God speaks to us to do things that make us look foolish to other people. God, why are you doing this? And at some point, we have to trust that he knows best and he has a plan. This is what faith does. Because when, when we are vulnerable and when we are honest and when we trust his plan, when we partner with him, here's what happens. He gets the glory for any victory we experience. And what so many of us do, friends, is we want God's partnership, but we want it in reverse. And so what God asked the people of Israel to do was not charge Jericho, was not go around Jericho. It was not any of those things. It was march silently and quietly and just do as I say, and I will then bless you once you trust me. So many of us, what we want 
is we want to go and we want to move. We want to go and start the business. We want to go and start the relationship. We want to go and we want to spend. We want to go and do this or do that. You name it, we want to do this. And then we want to say, hey God, look what I did. I need your partnership. I need your blessing. I need your hookup. I need your favor. And God's going, whoa. You didn't ask me. You, you, it, you didn't, you can't manipulate me. The way it works, friends, especially as a believer is, God, go before me. If that's not what you want, I don't want it either. Even though my flesh wants it, crucify my flesh. God, go before me. Like you take the, is this what you're asking? I want to wrestle with you, God. I want to partner with you. And that's when I experience your blessing, your favor, your provision that sustains and that allows me to meet my potential. See, and in that place where God goes before us, we have to keep showing up faithfully and partnering with him to see the goodness of the Lord. We can go ahead of God and get a quick fix, but it crumbles because he is not the foundation. You know, um, I've flown all over the world. I've been very fortunate. Um, because of the local church, by the time I was 21 years old, I had been to Europe multiple times ministering. I've been to Latin America. I've been to most of our states. I've been very fortunate. But again, fortunate, but I've been thankful that I've been a part of great churches and I've done missions trips and I've traveled the world preaching the gospel and God's just been so faithful. Um, I remember one time I was on an airplane and we had an emergency landing and I was, I'd like, I didn't even think about it. I didn't care. Like I was just calm. Fast forward, um, when my son was born, 2017, it felt like, man, it felt like almost immediately I developed this extreme flight anxiety almost immediately. I think he was six weeks old. I had to take a trip somewhere and I, I was like handicapped. Like I, I could not even, like I was totally like just, I didn't want to get on the plane. I couldn't even enjoy a movie. I was sitting there stressed out the whole time, every bump, every turn. Until we were off that plane, I was like, we are definitely dying today. <laughs> Why are you laughing at me? And so this, what was crazy about it is this kept going on. And at the same time I developed this severe flight anxiety, I kept getting invitations to preach all kinds of places. God kept opening the doors for me to go minister and lead church planters. And it was like, I wasn't even paying for this stuff. Like it was just coming to me. And it was so like bizarre and I was so just like overwhelmed by it. I went and I saw a therapist. Now, just a, a word about therapy. I think therapy, it can be very healthy and good and necessary. I also think sometimes we choose therapy to affirm our wrong thinking, our wrong choices. So make sure that you choose the right person. And I really wanna encourage you to go to Christian spirit-led therapy, Bible-based. I digress. But I, I went and I met this therapist and we were talking and she was helping me. And she said, at the end of the day, she gave me some, some ideas. She said, at the end of the day, the only way to get through this is to go through it. You gotta keep showing up. If God is still, if God's gonna keep opening these doors, the enemy is trying to steal all your fun. 
And I learned something that day. Well, over this season, I shouldn't say, I, I learned that, that control is, is, is such a demonic thing. That, that uh, what really helped me was, is, well, my son goes to school and I'm not with him for all these hours. Am I gonna sit at my desk trying to write a sermon to teach you and worry all day long if somebody's gonna come in and kill him or if he's gonna choke on his lunch? And like, I was really like having this revelation about control, that control will critically wound you. And like at the end of the day, yes, you control what you can control. But if I live my life trying to overly control or worry about things that I can't control, I will be miserable and make everybody else miserable. And there are just things that you have to give to the Lord. And the reality is, is God was giving me opportunities and he was trying to partner with me so that he could help me overcome this anxiety. I can say to you today, honestly, that I am nowhere even remotely near the place that I was. Why? Because I kept showing up. I kept saying, I will not allow fear to take me out. And I want to encourage you with something. This is my philosophy on life. When I feel fear, I follow that fear into the darkest corner. I grab its tail and I step on its neck. The best thing that you can do with fear is follow it. Where are you taking me, fear? I will not be taken out by this because God is on my side. The best way to overcome fear and anxiety is to face it head on and partner with God because it's possible God is trying to do something in you and with you and through you in the midst of fear, anxiety, and depression. When it feels crippling, you got to keep showing up. When you have the social anxiety, but you come to church anyway to connect with others, you will overcome this. Some of you need to take the necessary therapy to discover the family history of hurt, but keep showing up hurt until it doesn't hurt anymore. Let the spirit of God open you up and bring healing to you. Some of you need to have the confrontation that's necessary. Some of you need to keep showing up to church even when you are full of sin the night before. Keep showing up. So we need to keep serving despite your wrestling with the faith. Keep serving the Lord. Let him reveal himself through his spirit and through others. Somebody keep being faithful with your giving until see you, you, see you see breakthrough in your finances. Somebody you got to keep marching and keep singing the choruses that we sing every week that he is our provider and he is our victor and he is our healer. You got to keep singing that stuff. You got to keep repeating the verses that no harm is going to overwhelm me because no weapon formed against me will prosper. Somebody you got to keep serving the people who you feel like are your enemies. So we got to keep listening to sermons. Here's what you got to do. You got to keep showing up until God shows out in your life. You got to keep showing up until God keeps showing out in your life. And they just marched. They just marched. We're going to keep showing up. This doesn't make sense. This doesn't feel good. I'm kind of embarrassed. Are we going to die here? But the Bible says on the seventh day, verse 15, the Israelites got up at dawn and marched around the town as they had done before. 
That's a key line, as they had done before. Sometimes you got to just keep doing the same thing in the spirit. Keep worshiping, keep praying, keep going, keep leading, keep fighting as they had done before. But this time, come on, somebody say that. This time, they went around the town seven times. The seventh time around, as the priests sounded the long blast on their horns, Joshua commanded the people, shout for the Lord, for the Lord has given you the town. It's encouraging to me. It's encouraging to me because they marched around seven times. They shouted, the walls began to fall, but the battle wasn't over. But the Bible says, the Lord has given you the town. Just because it hasn't fully happened yet doesn't mean that it won't happen and it doesn't mean the victory isn't yours. <laughs> Do you know that the, the early forms of trumpets were used to dispel evil spirits? In this passage, the trumpets are ram horns or shofars and the purpose is the same. Militaries use trumpeting to get soldiers into formation and notify the enemy that an attack is imminent. It aligns the military into formation and unity and it prepares them for battle. And this is exactly what Israel is doing. It's exactly what God is doing. They are making a declaration of war. And friends, when you show up and when you worship Jesus, when you get in your prayer closet and you pray, when you live a righteous and holy life, when you keep coming back and keep showing up, what you are doing is you are declaring war on the enemy. When you make a joyful noise unto the Lord, when you blow that horn, if you will, when you shout, what you are doing is you are making a war declaration against the enemy. What you're doing when you sing these songs and when you worship is you're saying, whether I live or die, I am choosing faith over fear, obedience over obscurity. Your faith-filled declaration that you believe in him pleases God and puts the enemy on notice that his grip on your situation is short-lived. In other words, friends, worship is warfare. In Joshua 5, I love this, just a chapter before, and I'm almost done. Joshua 5. Joshua is near the town of Jericho and he has this run-in with this man, the Bible says. And Joshua goes, are you a friend or foe? And the man says, I'm neither. Joshua's like, who are you? He goes, I am the commander of the Lord's armies. And Joshua he falls on his face and he says, take your shoes off for this is holy ground. What's powerful about that is you remember when God called Moses and you got this burning bush and he says, I want you to go free my people. Moses, take your shoes off for this is holy ground. Well, God started something then, but he's about to finish it right now. And Joshua takes his feet off in verse five and he says, this is holy ground and what many theologians believe and what Joshua probably doesn't understand in the moment is this is the Messiah. This is the deliverer. This is Jesus standing in the Old Testament saying, I've already won the victory. I've already promised you the land. 
And what he does by bowing down and getting low is he's saying, I trust you and I'm going to show up and I'm going to march and I'm going to do circles and I'm going to look like a fool. I don't care because I stand before the Lord's commander. And friends, that same truth then is the same truth now. When you lift up the mighty name of Jesus, you are in the presence of the commander of the Lord's army and nothing is going to defeat our Savior who has already defeated death, hell, and the grave. See, before they shouted, it was Jericho. But once they shouted, it became Israel. It's a unified corporate declaration of faith that your prayers matter, the preaching matters, the receiving matters, the worship matters, all of it matters. It culminates in inviting the commander of the Lord's armies to fight for you. You just only need to take those sandals off and acknowledge this is holy ground and keep showing up. I got the concept of this sermon when I was in Texas a couple weeks ago preaching. And I was in the lobby of the church and there was this banner up. And the banner had this sign, keep showing up. If you can, I wanna show them that. Keep showing up. And I was so fascinated by that because every time you left the building, you saw keep showing up, keep showing up. And later I asked the pastor at dinner, I said, Byron, I said, why do you have a banner in your lobby of keep showing up? And Byron said, well, you don't know my story, but let me tell you, I was an orphan. I had no mom, I had no father. My, my mom had me when she was very, very, very young. I was brought into the world with a mother who was an addict. and I lived in this small town where there was nothing to do and just trouble. And he said, I just, I found myself on drugs. I found myself getting arrested. I, I found myself depressed, suicidal. I, I, I was in a low place as a human possibly be. I was convinced that by my 20s, I'd be dead. And I was fine with that because it would better to be dead than to continue to live in my current hell. And Byron said he had an encounter with the Lord at this church that he really didn't intend to go to. And he had this encounter and this pastor saw something in him and took him under his wing. And he kept saying to him, Byron, I know that your life is not going where it should go, but it doesn't matter what you do Monday through Saturday. Just keep showing up here. God's going to get a hold of your life. He said, I don't care how strung out you are and how sick you are on Saturday. I will pick you up at 8 a.m. on Sunday morning. If you just keep showing up, God is going to change your life. And little by little, after time, Byron just kept showing up. He was tired. He was hung over. He was below weight. He was sick. He was near death, but he would keep showing up on Sunday and the pastor never judged him. And he just said, keep showing up. God's got something for you. And over a period of time, Byron wasn't depressed anymore. Over a period of time, Byron got straight. Byron got clean, went to Bible college, became a preacher and started this incredible church. And Byron goes, 
I said, well, what do you think broke it? He said, nothing. I just kept showing up. The pastor just kept saying, I love you, man. You're going to be okay. God's got a plan for your life. He said, after a while, I'd be getting high. I'd be doing crazy stuff. And I just had in the back of my mind, you know what? I'm going to keep showing up. And I like what I feel and what I know in the presence of God more than what this will do to me tonight. And I'm here to tell somebody today when you shout that you believe, when there's a little bit of you that keeps showing up, God is going to change and transform your life and your family and our city and your community. Don't stop showing up. Don't quit on God. You got to get in a posture where you say, I believe in Jesus no matter what. I believe it's going to get better. Victory is the Lord's. Do you agree with that today? I believe God loves me. you got to declare that the cross has the final word. I believe that he is a healer and the battle is the Lord's. I believe that I'm protected. No weapon formed against me will prosper. I believe I can lay hands on parts of my body that need God to move. And God is going to move in his perfect time. I believe in heaven. Come on, somebody. I believe what I'm doing matters. I believe I'm no longer a slave to sin. I'm a son and I'm a daughter. I believe I'll prosper. I believe my children will love Jesus. I don't know what you need to believe, but here's what I know. If I keep showing up, God's going to keep moving in my life. That's what I know. Because he's been faithful time and time and time. I don't know what you're believing for today. I don't know what you're hoping for today. I don't know what things you stopped believing for, but I rebuke that in Jesus' name. And I and I speak and, and I prophesy right now that hope would well up with some of you that stop believing that God loves you. You've stopped believing that God has a plan for you. You've stopped believing that God can use you. I rebuke that spirit and that lie in Jesus' name. God is for you. Keep showing up. Keep showing up. When you don't feel like it, you feel like a failure, when you feel like you've missed it, keep showing up. Keep loving your kids. Keep serving your spouse. Keep showing up. Keep building God's kingdom. Keep showing up. I promise you God is faithful. He's not a man that he should lie. He's going to move in your life and those walls will come down. If you receive that today, can you say amen? Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today. I especially want to thank those of you who give generously to help us revive every block. If you enjoyed this message, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, screenshot it, and post your social stories and tag us at The Block Church. We'd love to hear from you and how you found this encouraging and inspiring. Thanks again, and God bless you.